A warm welcome to an all new episode of Economics and Business. Ten years ago, the financial crisis hit. In its aftermath, much has changed in global markets. In particular, the crisis resulted in a considerable package of reforms in the banking sector and has fundamentally changed the way that the sector is regulated. I'm Laura Gatz and I'm joined here today by Nick Forrest, who heads our financial economics team. Nick. You've been working with AFMI, the Association for Financial Markets in Europe, to investigate the effects that the new regulatory system has had on banks. Let's start from the beginning. What actually was the goal of introducing these reforms in the first place? Thanks, Laura. So essentially, the goal of the um, banking reforms were to prevent another financial crisis. You know, that was very damaging to, uh, to the economy, to businesses, even to individuals. So the policymaker response was to make sure that never happened again. The challenge was that there were so many reasons for the financial crisis, there's no single one reason or cause. And that meant that actually the regulatory response had to be uh, a big package of measures uh, to, to, to meet that goal. Mm. So, so what actually does regulation do to address all these issues? So regulation, uh, as I said, tries to hit a number of, um, uh, of challenges that the financial crisis uh, revealed. Um, a big area of regulation has been around capital. So making sure that banks have got more capital or reserves to, um, to absorb losses. So when a loan becomes um, impaired or banks lose money, they've just got more buffers there to be able to sustain those losses. So the, the reforms have required banks to have more, more capital in relation to their assets. Uh, and and so, some assets of banks are quite different. Some are low risk, like a residential mortgage. Some may be far more risky, like a, um, a, a trading asset. So another measure is a risk-weighted asset, uh, which tries to compare the amount of equity a bank has to those risk-weighted assets. So that's a big element of the reforms. But there's been uh, areas of reform to liquidity, so making sure banks have more available sources of, of cash uh, to weather a, a short-term period of disruption. Also more stable sources of funding, so they are you know, more enduring rather than kind of uh, you know, running out of access to those funding sources uh, where required. If you remember, that was the problem with Northern Rock, where it kind of ran out of access to, uh, to funding. Um, but also things like trading, um, so transparent trading arrangements, um, uh, aspects of structural reform. So we've just finished here in the UK ring fencing, where retail banks have been ring fenced from the rest of the, uh, the, the banking group. Uh, so it really is a whole wide package of reforms designed to improve the, the resilience um, uh, of the banking sector across the board. So why did AFMI approach you to do this study? So. Um, yeah, a number of reasons. One was that um, at the time of the crisis, a lot of regulators did, did what we call ex-ante studies, so forward-looking studies, what might happen when these reforms get enacted. Um, whereas now we've had 10 years, we can actually start to see well, what has really happened. So we don't have to make predictions or forecasts. We can say, well, let's see what's happened and really learn from what we've uh, seen that's, uh, that's happened to date. So that was one reason for doing the study. The second was to really look at regulation in a cumulative way, not just individual regulations by individual regulations, but actually how do they all collectively impact the banking sector, uh, and particularly at a kind of product level, so product by product, um, how do those uh, you know, regulations have a cumulative impact. And the thirdly was um, yeah, just to, to really understand the response of, of, of banks. Um, I think you, know, you go back 10 years ago, uh, we and policymakers didn't really know how the sector would respond to this regulation. There are a number of ways that uh, banks can respond. They can increase their prices. They can cut costs. Uh, they can also shrink their levels of activities. Um, and trying to understand those differences is uh, was a key motivation of the study. And how did you go about um, investigating these three key issues? So um, 
like any economic study, um, uh, a couple of things I'll, I'll bring out. You know, firstly, was the importance of data. Um, you know, we, we learn at um, you know, undergraduate studies at university that data is the foundation of all good analysis. If you've got rubbish data, um, your analysis is going to be rubbish. So, so we spent a lot of time getting a lot of detailed, granular data. Um, and this was data from across a number of banks, so 13 banks, but also across the different products. So product being financial, uh, foreign exchange or equities or bonds, they're different kind of products that banks um, have in their capital markets activities. So very granular data, uh, which we haven't seen used before. So, so that was the one big feature of the, the approach um, to get into that level of granularity. And then um, se secondly, uh, we tried to look at regulation in a cumulative way. So we, we created an economic cost measure um, that allowed us to combine things like operational costs, but also financing costs and opportunity costs, put them all together. And then that way we could compare, compare very different regulations, whether it's a trading activity regulation or whether it's a, a capital regulation, you can bring them all together and compare them uh, and combine them in one way. And then, um, then thirdly, because you never know quite what's driving things, this is where multivariate econometric analysis comes in really helpful. Um, that allows us to look at multiple drivers and really explain what's going on. And it's a, it's a great tool for economists to use um, uh, to really unpick what, what, what's going on. So you drew on quite, quite a vast toolkit for yep. a complex question. Yeah. Um, and what results did you find? So the two, two main results of the study. So firstly, we did find that um, banks' capital markets activities have shrunk a lot uh, over the period 2010, post-crisis, and 2016. Um, in aggregate terms, it was about a 39% shrinkage. And we found that shrinkage was really variable across products. So some areas of activities have, if anything, grown over this period, and some have shrunk quite markedly. So that product level variation is quite helpful because that really helps you understand why the shrinkage might be happening. Um, hence doing the product level uh, data. So that was sort of the first main finding. Um, and that's, that's helpful to explain to regulators that you know, shrinkage has been a response to regulation as opposed to increasing prices or cutting costs that I mentioned earlier. And the second uh, finding uh, was all about why. So why have we seen the shrinkage? Can we understand? Uh, can we find out what's, what's driving that, that shrinkage? And, and to do that, we use this multivariate uh, regression analysis. What that involves is getting data on potential drivers. So um, we looked at macroeconomics and quantitative easing. Is that a driver? We looked at technological trends. You know, has that explained why certain areas have increased or uh, uh, reduced in size? We looked at profitability. You'd expect you know, more profitable areas to expand and less profitable areas to, to contract or shrink. Uh, we also looked at banks themselves. So some banks had a better crisis than others. They came out in a better shape, where some you know, that required taxpayer support really struggled. So there's clearly variation across those banks. So we've got data on all those, those potential drivers and then put them into a multivariate uh, econometric approach. Uh, and that nicely allows us to sort of see what's really been, been driving things. And what we found was that our cumulative regulation driver was a big driver of the shrinkage we've seen. Um, the others had some role, but not as big a role as the regulatory driver. So it was really helpful under uh, sort of picking out and showing that uh, you know, regulation has a, has a big impact. So does that mean that the regulation was successful? So that's a really, really tricky question. Um, yeah, in, in some respects, you know, regulation did want to reduce some aspects of banking activity to make it more sound and robust. 
So it's not that um, uh, shrinkage is good or bad or the regulation has gone too far or, or not too far. Um, it, it's more subtle than that. Um, what this study shows is that there is a, a transmission of regulations uh, onto banks and how they are impacted and how that will impact markets and consumers uh, and the like. So it's important illuminating that, um, uh, that, that impact channel. What we can't really say is whether regulation went too far or, or not too far. Um, but what we can say is that because there is an ongoing cost regulation, we need to be very careful with future regulations that we're getting that trade-off right. You know, are, they, are there continuing benefits to more regulation in comparison to the, the cost that we've identified in this report? So it really helps us to, I think, refine where the endpoint will be, um, but it doesn't answer the fundamental question of you know, has there been or is there too much regulation? In any case, for me, that really brings out your earlier point that um, of the value of ex post um, evaluation rather than just ex ante. Mm -hmm. And I guess also the power of using both um, to complement each other. So that's really interesting. But I also actually think this is a really great lesson in how important it is to have really good data. That is a point that always seems to come back and especially the beauty of this study, it seems to me, is that you managed to look at it from such a granular level with such rich data. But that also allowed you to come up with a really solid econometric approach to get an overview um, of what is really driving things um, in the overall market. So thanks very much, Nick. It's been really interesting to talk about this. And thanks very much to everyone for tuning in. If you're interested in finding out more about our economics work, then please head over to pwc.co.uk forward slash economics. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast series in order to stay up to date with our latest episodes.